This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. I am neither Canty nor Carlin. I'm Randy Scott. Nick Friedel joining us uh, from Parts Unknown. It's the seaport. It's it's New York. It's New York. I thought you were talking about my life. No, I just made you into like the Undertaker, Kane from WWE. Paul Bear's gonna walk me out to the ring. You know, you, you come out. And you're like, oh, for this segment, can we find him a team to cover? Nick Fridell taking a break from his shoot around responsibilities ahead of Nets and uh, and Cavs, and I feel like those two teams have been. I don't know, man, circling each other for a while, uh, playing playing plenty of basketball, getting plenty of familiar with each other. But that's where Nick is down at the seaport. I'm Randy Scott here at the, at the Mothership in, in Bristol, Connecticut. It is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app and Sirius XM Channel 80 and your smart speaker and however you found us on this Thursday afternoon. Uh, we're glad you did. Happy Preakend. You know, we're just moving that that starting line for the weekend earlier and earlier. I, I felt pretty safe Friday. No, no, no. E-Train was like, nope, Thursday. This fires up on a Thursday, and that's where we're at. And we'll keep the focus in New York, not just because Nick Friedle is there. As we invite you to join the conversation, the phone number 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. But because, Nick Friedle, it sounds like there is a, a future quarterback of one of those New York football teams that wants Odell Beckham Jr. to be there as well. It's an interesting move for Aaron Rodgers to make. Nick, an interesting uh, request for him to make to say, hey, I know I'm not there yet. Like I, I know I haven't arrived at your party, but it'd be great if you had this guacamole when I got there. <laughs> and that's how we're treating OBJ right now. And it just continues to both surprise me and bemuse me that Jets GM Aaron Rodgers is capable of making these demands, even though he's not on the roster yet. I like that you turned Aaron Rodgers into Matthew McConaughey at some uh, frat party in uh, Austin <laughs> looking for his guacamole there for a second, though, Mr. Scott. I, look, if if Rodgers wants him at this point, go for it. The tell to me always, whether it is pro football and in the world I'm in with the NBA all the time, the great players always recognize the greatness in other great players. And just because Odell Beckham Jr. hasn't been out there on the field because of the knee injury and hasn't been able to remind everybody just how great he is, if Aaron Rodgers is signing off on him and you've given control up uh, in, in that regard, if you're the Jets, to do everything you can not only to get him but to make him happy once he finally does appear here, in New York City, then if he says good, let's go for it and see what happens. But if Odell Beckham Jr. is still at the level we're used to seeing or close to it, Randy, that is a dangerous pairing because it is two very proud, very great players who, in Rodgers' case, is still at the the top of the class. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure playing with Rodgers can make the transition back from all that rehab much simpler for OBJ. Uh, the the financials of this are are interesting. It's going to be challenging enough, you know. The capologist there in Florham Park, New Jersey, is certainly going to going to earn their their salary trying trying to create the space for Aaron Rodgers to get there. And now I don't know what the number is for Odell. Uh, OBJ himself, you know, went on Twitter and said this report that there's a twenty million dollar demand from me or from my camp. Like it couldn't be further from the truth. But in the same tweet, I give him credit, being honest, being open, being transparent. He said, I know that number is bigger than four, though. And that was a different like I, it makes me wonder who's out there offering OBJ 
you know, more than a year removed from ACL surgery, a paltry $4 million. That number's not going to get that done either. But you know you need to create tens of millions of dollars for Aaron Rodgers, and then probably, I would say, at least another 10 for OBJ. And I don't think Rodgers is ignorant of those demands. I mean, it was Diana Rossini who had the report on ESPN.com that Rodgers had given the Jets a wish list of free agents, and then Rodgers himself addressed that and pretended he didn't know Diana's name uh, on the Pat McAfee (laughs) show, and in the next breath very much knew her name and knew the report. So uh, take that for what it's worth. But there is a significant financial hurdle to this that I don't know gets done in a timely manner and that's just to get 12 in the building uh, let alone whatever number OBJ is going to wear well the, the the fascinating part of how this is playing out now is of course Aaron Rodgers hasn't even gotten there yet and Randy you wonder how many guys are now going to come to the Jets and OBJ is the latest example but it it's playing out like one of those teams in the NBA who gets the star or a couple stars, and then you've got the ring chasers. Are there ring chaser equivalents there in mm. the NFL who are so willing to play with Aaron Rodgers, have a, a chance at a Super Bowl with that defense that was so good last season for the Jets, who would take a little bit less for that opportunity? Well, let's get to ESPN NFL reporter Jeff Darlington, who we're going to have on the show uh, over the course of the next uh, four hours. But Darlington was on Get Up. This was this morning, weighing in on the Jets, being very much in the mix for OBJ. Oh, yes. Oh, (laughs) all right. Uh, And that's the most important thing, I think, about this conversation is the fact that just because you see this wide receiver room continuing to shift does not mean that they are done work. We should very much consider Odell Beckham Jr. still on the table as an option for the New York Jets. In fact, we can go even further to say that both sides would still like to see this done. Financials still in the way of actually finalizing this thing, but I still think that Odell Beckham Jr., We'll wind up with the New York Jets. Odell Beckham Jr., Nicole Hardman added yesterday uh, a free agent deal, a one-year deal. Uh, you still have Corey Davis in the mix. You obviously have Garrett Wilson. What's the ceiling, Nick? What's the ceiling for these Jets with Aaron Rodgers in the mix and OBJ? Let's make that assumption. You wait to see how the rest of the cap situation shakes out. But, Randy, if you have Aaron Rodgers and he's still playing like Aaron Rodgers, and you have the defense that has been put in place that Robert Sala has continued to tweak and still looks like it's at the the top of the class here, I'd say the ceiling for this group is a Super Bowl. And if you're making the move to add Aaron Rodgers at 39 years old to be the guy and it actually comes to fruition and happens here at some point over the next few weeks – Absolutely, that's what you believe, because there's no other reason to acquire a quarterback and a player of Rodgers' caliber unless you think you can win it all right now. In your opinion, do they have the best quarterback? Let's say he is playing ball like Aaron Rodgers. Is he better than any other quarterback in the AFC East? If he's playing like Aaron Rodgers, you're always going to take Aaron Rodgers. The only okay. the only way I have a little hesitation is because you started to see it at the end of last season. There were moments in time where you're like, eh, "What's what's he doing? Is he starting to slip a little bit?" And Josh mm-hmm. Allen, as we know, is pretty awesome uh, mm-hmm. out, out there in Buffalo. But uh, Randy, if it's me, the track record is way too long. Especially a motivated Aaron Rodgers in a new situation with a new team. 
after the Green Bay people are clearly are like, All right, we don't want to deal with this stuff anymore. <laughs> there is nothing like somebody who's motivated after a breakup. I can speak from my own personal experience same, there. Same. And when that happens, especially professionally, it seems like you yeah. can really hit the, the top of the line again. You want to you win the breakup. You want to win <laughs> the breakup. Uh, I'll Absolutely. say this, though. I, to me, both players playing at their current peaks, I think Josh Allen's better than Aaron Rodgers. I think the receiver room in Miami is better, even yep. than an OBJ Garrett Wilson duo. I feel like Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddle do that. And I think the best running back in the division probably is is Bryce Hall, but he's not going to be healthy to start this season. So I think there are still question marks for the Jets. we got much more on this. As we said, we will have Jeff Darlington join the show, uh, shed some more light into how far apart perhaps the two sides are. Or maybe it's three sides now to this. Three legs to the bar stool: OBJ, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and of course the Jets themselves. Coming up, one of the draft's top prospects is throwing today. We're going to get to that and some of the concerns surrounding him. All that after Nick tells you about Wendy's. Randy, when you want the best deal on the best meal, choose Wendy's two for six bucks. Now you can pick two from the from some of Wendy's best menu items, including Dave's single made only with always fresh, never frozen beef, the spicy chicken sandwich, ten piece crispy nugs, or a medium strawberry lemonade. Pair any two for just six bucks. That's a Dave's single and spicy chicken sandwich, six bucks. Spicy chicken sandwich with medium strawberry lemonade, six bucks. Strawberry lemonade with the 10 piece nugs, six bucks. Even a Dave single with another Dave single. Tired of having me say it? Yet? That's right, only six bucks. Wendy's two for six bucks is one deal that lets you pick the meal you want at a price you want. Swing by Wendy's today to get the best deal in fast food. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's two for six bucks. For a limited time, price and participation may vary at U.S. Wendy's. A la carte only. Single item at regular price. Breaking news. The Panthers have decided to move up to take the number one spot from the Bears. Everybody's trying to figure out exactly what Carolina do. Look, I think the pick will boil down to either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. I think C.J. Stroud is probably the favorite right now, at least around the league, in terms of people I've talked to, that he would be the number one pick in this draft. And they said, we love all these quarterbacks, and we've got 48 days to make a decision on which one we will be taking. The draft intrigue starts with the Carolina Panthers at the very start of the NFL draft. On the first night of the NFL draft, Canteen Garland, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Nick Friedle, Randy Scott, in for the guys. Uh, it was interesting to see the flowery praise, Nick, for C.J. Stroud yesterday and how the Ohio State, now former Ohio State Buckeye, threw, and it sounds like answered the bell once again after putting on a just a dazzling throwing display uh, at the Combine. So today, it is Bryce Young's uh, turn to get out there and, and spin it in Tuscaloosa. It's interesting how they stagger these things out now. It is sort of a, a day-by-day, almost like we're going to get the best prospects throwing every different day of a week, but the uh, the road from uh, Columbus to Tuscaloosa was well-traveled overnight, and Young gets out there and throws, and there are tens of scouts, and there are some you know, coaches in attendance and things like that, and the debate does come down because these two have thrown recently, very recently, the, d- the debate comes down to between Stroud and Bryce Young and NFL draft analyst Todd McShay. He's there in Tuscaloosa as we speak. He was in Columbus yesterday. He was on Canting Carlin yesterday. And he spoke on why he feels like one quarterback has a slight edge over the other. 
Frank Wright, the head coach of Carolina, is used to dealing with bigger quarterbacks from Peyton Manning to Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz to Nick Foles, all the way re- recently Matt Ryan, all 6'4 to 6'6. Six, six. Bryce Young is 5'10 and change. C.J. Stroud 6'3". I'm not saying that that's a tiebreaker, but certainly you have to factor that in. I've also heard from different people who I rely on that Bryce Young is is the the leader right now. Seems to me like C.J. Stroud would be a a more familiar fit for Frank Reich. So it's going to be fascinating to see see how it all plays out. If I was a betting man, I would say Stroud has a slight advantage. And it sounds like that remains the case. Uh, Texted with Todd McShay earlier today uh, as the workout was going on here, Nick. Um, he was, I was like, you know, hey, how, how does Bryce look relative to to Stroud yesterday? He's like, uh, he goes, Bryce Young looked great. Ball doesn't pop off of his hand quite as much as Stroud, but he brings a unique level of poise, field vision, special awareness, and ability to extend that Stroud doesn't have, not to his level at least. It was a highly impressive workout. So it sounds like both quarterbacks did everything they could to either solidify their chances or maybe even move up. You know, it is a subjective thing. When you look at this, Nick, what do you feel like is going to be the deciding factor between these two? The the thing that keeps coming back around, Randy, that's interesting to me is for the last couple of weeks, it was Bryce Young's the guy. He's done everything in college he needs. And then all of a sudden, it became, well, Carolina's got the pick now. And Frank Reich only takes taller quarterbacks who can see over the line. And those extra few inches that Stroud has over Bryce Young are going to make the difference. But we heard from Mel Kuyper, and Mel Kuyper thinks that it'll be something else if Carolina ends up taking Stroud over Bryce Young. Yeah, when you look at the light, the weight number is a big one. The weight number is a big one. Uh, it, it, there's a there's a way to say, okay, listen, quarterbacks have gotten smaller, you know, uh, shorter, more versatile, quicker on their feet. Fill in the blank however you want to. Bryce Young's not that guy. He's elusive, but he's not Johnny Manziel. He's yeah. not Kyler Murray. Uh, not even you know Russell Wilson to a, to a lesser extent. And the the uh, willingness to stay in the pocket is the positive part. The willingness to take a hit at the next level is the drawback here, and that's why Mel Kiper Jr. says he's more worried about Bryce's weight than he is his height. To hold up at that height weight, I'm not even worried about the height. That that weight is going to be tough. It's going to be making a lot of nervous moments for NFL, the NFL team that brings him into the fold. So yeah, it has to be a concern. I talked to teams months ago about this, and I love Bryce Young and the processor he is, how instinctive he is, how he things nobody sees things nobody else does. You got to do that when you're five ten and a quarter, it's one eighty five, one ninety. But uh, that to me is a big factor. That's why we haven't had a first round quarterback ever in the history of the common draft this size, and he's going to maybe go number one or number two not maybe we'll go number one or number two so do people say it's not a concern that's easy to say if you're not picking them number one or number two overall and these are the numbers that back that up kyler murray taken by the cardinals number one overall 2019 he was 207 pounds that matches johnny manzel taken back in 2014 for the lightest quarterbacks drafted in the first round since 1967 okay that's how that's how far back we go. That's how big the sample size is. And 207 is three pounds heavier than what I think is being talked about as a ballooned weight here for Bryce Young. He would not weigh in today. He did not weigh in in Tuscaloosa today. He, his number that's on the board is 204 at the Combine. Nick, that's 10 pounds heavier than he played at at Tuscaloosa last season. Oh, Randy, I, in this era of the league, 
you can break down every single possibility on a prospect, but the more you listen to experts like Mel Kuyper Jr., Todd McShay's discussed it, you do wonder if you're getting hit that much, that often, and you're trying to play through all the different injuries that every NFL quarterback is going to have to deal with, is this a risk that you're willing to take that his talent can overwhelm the fact that he is much lighter and much smaller than most prospects who have come before him? His track record at Alabama has been unbelievable, but when you are trying to shuffle all these different fits, it just feels to me like Carolina has kind of made its decision now. And if it's anybody other than C.J. Stroud for a variety of different reasons, whether it's Bryce Young or anybody else over the next couple weeks, I would be surprised. Oh, there is a potential wild card, according to one longtime member of the Carolina Panthers, and we'll get to that as well. We also have Jeff Darlington set to join this party, uh, breaking down just how far apart OBJ and the Jets are, uh, as well as some other NFL free agents to uh, keep an eye out for, including a former Dallas Cowboys running back looking for a new home. It's Nick Friedle, Randy Scott, and for the guys, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. He has a market. It's just a matter of finding the right deal. He doesn't need to be in the one spot, but he'll be a one in Kansas City. Imagine this offense. Najee Harris, George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, and Pat Fryermuth, and you add Odell. Now we're talking about an offense that's got weapons. Right now there's a difference between his expectations and what teams are willing to offer, but it's only March. You know, it's not as simple as, oh, it's Odell Beckham, let's get him in the building, even though he might think that. Oh, he might think that. Might think a lot of things. It's Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, as well as on your smart speaker, Randy Scott here in Bristol, Connecticut. Nick Friedle from the Seaport, uh, sharing his studio space down there in New York with Got a our, friend. our ESPN yeah. NFL reporter, Jeff Darlington. Is Candy and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, how about it, Darlington? The, yeah. the Odell Beckham Jr. market, fill in the blank for us. The Odell Beckham Jr. market in free agency is what? Uh, limited, but existent. Uh, I, you know, I think that um, I continue to really believe that it will get done between him and the Jets. Uh, you know, there's definitely both sides are incentivized to get it done. Both sides would like to get it done. It's just a matter of whether they can kind of get past the finish line. Honestly, I, I 
really believe that Aaron Rodgers will be throwing passes to Odell. Um, it, you know, I want to be clear here. It's not imminent by any means, but, uh, but interest on, uh, on each side. Jeff, obviously we haven't seen Odell in over a year at this point. From what you've heard throughout the league, what kind of player is he right now? I don't know who it was in the, in our lead-in here that was saying, like, you know, he's not a number one, um, but I think he's still a very effective wide receiver. And it's an interesting thing. It's not like, you know, I know he's he's dealt with his injuries, especially with the Rams there and even before that, but Julio Jones, for instance, um, when he went to the Bucks or even the Titans, he didn't necessarily fall into that number two wide receiver role all that well. Um, I think Odell, from from what I've heard, would be better at that. Like he, I think he's effective at being maybe a lesser role than just the number one, and that does come with nuance. And I'm not saying that mean that's not from an ego standpoint. Um, it, it's more from a can you clear out players? Can you do certain things that number twos are expected to do? And from my understanding, Odell not only would be pretty good at that, he would also embrace it. Do you have any idea what the salary expectations would be, though, as we're talking to our mm-hmm. ESPN NFL reporter, Jeff Darlington? And the only reason I bring it up is because Odell brought it up. Yeah. I mean, he was he was responding to this report that he's commanding $20 million a season, and he wanted to clarify that, but he also, in the same breath, same tweet, said, but it, it's not $4 million a year. Right. Any idea what that number might be? Divide. Just... Split it. Twelve? <laughs> say, say, or I'm ten? In. Ten to twelve? Are we splitting the difference? You said it. Okay, I'll say. It. I mean, um, but yeah. but there there are discrepancies between you know the Jets and, and him right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's below twenty and it's above four. Okay. Both sides. Okay. Both sides are below twenty and above four. I like it. No, I like it. Now, now, Jeff, as we I was told, there would be no math. (laughs) (laughs) As we wait to see what happens with OBJ and the Jets potentially, of course, the discussion around the league is on the draft. As you continue hearing about the pro days and what's gone with CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, which way do you think the Panthers are leaning right now? I, I. Truly don't know. Uh, it's very interesting to me to see Dave Tepper, the team owner, at these workouts. I don't know. Was and his he, wife. Was he? Was that right? Yeah. Like getting a little you know, vacation out of it. Was <laughs> I, I didn't see whether, um, was he at Bryce Young's too, today? I know he was at CJ Stroud's yesterday. I don't know if he was at Bryce's. I would assume he was. I think they were going to be meeting. But the fact that Dave Tepper is taking an involved role uh, tells you, first of which, is that they are not decided. And that was part of the beauty of moving up to that number one spot when they did, that they know that they they believe there's a franchise quarterback for them in this draft. It's a matter of who. And they're taking the mystery out of, of the draft by moving to one. Tepper being there, though, I mean, owners don't normally, we were talking about this um, earlier on Get Up. Robert Griffin III was on our, our air with him, and he's the last person to have an owner at his pro day, and that was Dan Snyder. Um so it's rare that this this happens, and I think it's significant. The question, though, which way are they leaning? Look, uh, first of all, they don't even know at this point. But second, I mean, I, I, ever since Baker Mayfield, remember when Baker Mayfield, five days before that draft, there wasn't a person in the on the planet talking about Baker Mayfield going number one overall. Things change fast. Same Daniel Jones. Remember when Daniel Jones went off the board as early yeah. as he did and everybody freaked out? They're like, what? Where did that come from? As much as we want to sit here and judge off pro days or maybe just try to read tea leaves, 
crazy things happen the closer that we get to the draft, and uh, and I don't think this year will be any different. I will say this. Uh, David Tepper was in Tuscaloosa for uh, Pro Day today for, for Bryce Young, and Nicole Tepper gave Bryce Young a hug. Oh. Something she didn't do to C.J. Stroud. Yeah, but, she, but maybe that means that, like, you know... You know, I've seen Godfather too. <laughs> it was you. It was you. You don't know my what heart. that hug means. Jeff Darlington, try to you? read into that hug. All right, ESPN NFL reporter. So uh, we're sort of ping pong, and we got a, we talked about a receiver with OBJ, and then the quarterbacks uh, at the top of this year's draft. Let's go back to receivers and DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Uh, I, I think most years would would be the buzz of a free agency offseason, and. And now it's just maybe keep it with his personality, sort of flying under the radar. There is trade buzz around him. Yeah, there is. Uh, what does his future look like? I, I was surprised to be talking to a GM the other day who was telling me that they, I don't want to disparage him, but this this one GM, it's only one of 32, so don't act like this is like, you know, everybody thinks this, but he just thinks that uh, the value doesn't meet the, 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 how much he costs right now does not meet the, uh, the play on the field. Which surprised me a little bit. Admittedly, I don't think I pay enough attention to uh, Hopkins during the regular season anymore, which is a little sad because he's such a dynamic, good player. I don't know if he's fallen off, but that was that was one man's opinion in a position to to uh, acquire such talent. But that to me, this reeks of uh, Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are now in an in interesting position that the Patriots were in with Tom Brady when, for instance, they acquired Randy Moss. They can play the market and look for guys who um, they're going to fall in line when they get there uh, because of Patrick Mahomes. Not that Hopkins is a guy who would fall out of line, but they might either pay, play for less. They might uh, they might just be willing to be more of a company man. Again, not about Hopkins. In general, the landscape of the wide receiver position to play with Mahomes. That is a very valuable resource if you're the Chiefs. And I think that they're going to continue to take advantage of it, which they did last year uh, with a lot of these guys. You know, And I think that, that that could, again, be the case this year. And that's why I feel like Hopkins, to your point, flying under the radar a little bit, maybe restructures somehow, maybe they do the trade. I just It feels like ripe for the Chiefs picking. Jeff, how about another... Star who is looking potentially elsewhere, Zeke Elliott. Adam Schefter reporting mm-hmm. he's narrowed it down to Eagles, Jets, Bengals. What hmm. does the market look like for him right I didn't now? See that? Uh, you just did uh, Schefter just do that, or is that did I just miss that? I can't keep up with I Schefter. I think Schefter just God, did. He, I mean, he's a, Schefter's exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> six minutes ago, six <sighs> minutes ago, he tweeted that. There six minutes go. ago. Thank you. Okay, at least I don't feel like a complete idiot. <laughs> I was I was in the the I was to fly up here yesterday. I'm in the jet bridge or whatever, and I hear I'm coming to fly up here, and I hear some kids behind me. They were probably like 18 to 20, a group of them, and they're like, oh, "Elijah Moore just got traded." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> I got work for ESPN. I'm like, didn't even have time to pull out my phone, and, and the guy's like, "What? What?" Because we're on the way to New York, so they obviously care. Jets fans, but what? What'd you say? Yeah, Schefter just got the alert on my phone. I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. Schefter's exhausting." What was the question? <laughs> Where's Zeke Elliott going to land? I don't know. Ask Schefter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeff Darlington, the crystal ball is closed, okay? It's cloudy now. We appreciate it, buddy. Go have some fun in New York if you can. Just stay I can't. Because Je- Schefter. Jetways. Got it. ruin it every time. Understood. Understood. Always ruins it. Loud every and clear. time you try to have fun, Schefter. <laughs>
Thanks, buddy. All right. All right. So from a dapper, dapper and Natalie attired, uh, Jeff Jollington, sartorial splendor that he is, we're going to talk a different fashion and perhaps a fashion statement sent by John Morant in his return back after missing nine games, eight of them at the request and demand of the NBA due to a league suspension. It's Nick Friedel, similarly stylish. I am but Randy Scott. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Jaw's going to, you know, the plan, talking with him, talking with our medical team. Uh, he's going to come off the bench tonight. A round of applause you hear as Ja Morant checking into the game. Morant drives left baseline into the rim. Oh, he jams with two hands and gets fouled. Brings the crowd to their feet as he dunks it through contact. I was excited to be back. You know, I love these guys. I love our fans. I love the organization for, you know, they continue support. And he is back and better than ever. So are Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, as well as on your smart speaker. Canty and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. He is Nick Friedel of the Seaport in New York City. I'm Randy Scott here in uh, in Bristol, Connecticut. That was John Morant's return last night, and it's it, I'll, I'll say this: I'm not I'm not complaining here. It's just it's been a, it's been a challenge. Brandon Miller, there was a similar sort of level of uh, level of of care. That we had to use on our words on SportsCenter AM, you know, 7 a.m. Eastern, ESPN. But, you know, when we had a Brandon Miller highlight, you couldn't say any reference to shooting. Quite frankly, you couldn't do that, you know, over the last uh, month, month and a half of the college basketball season. And ever since John Morant on, what was it, March 4th at a Denver uh, gentleman's establishment, uh, you know, flashed a gun, showcased a gun and his Instagram live stream. You couldn't say that about John Moran either. Now, granted, he hasn't played since then, so the the choice has been an, an easy one, but he's back last night, played the 24 minutes, had 17 points, Nick, and the the return, you know, friendly home crowd, friendly opponent in the Houston Rockets. <laughs> you and I could probably get double-double against them right now. And John went out and showed flashes of what he can do. He's wearing a mask now. I thought that was, that was interesting. But the return to the Grizzlies, basketball-wise, felt as expected. Is that fair to say? Yeah. And I think it's what Memphis was hoping for because, Randy, they know how good they are when Ja is on the floor. He is the head of the snake. He's the guy that makes it all go. They've certainly had success without him at times in the last couple seasons when they've needed to play and and he's gone through injuries and now he's gone through this suspension, but they know what they're getting. The difference is, and, and I thought the way you opened it up summed it up very well, 
John Morant was one of the most fun players to turn on the TV or flip on the radio and watch or listen to. That fun isn't the same now. And it's not that he can't regain that type of trust from the fan base, not only in Memphis, but across the league. Because the reality was, he was being pushed to be one of the new faces. The league was hoping he would become that guy. And when you make these kind of missteps off the floor repeatedly, and then you land in the the strip club outside Denver, and you do what you do on Instagram Live at 5 in the morning, these are the consequences that go with all of that. One of the best home teams in the NBA got that much more so, getting Morant back and and taking on the lowly Houston Rockets. It was you know defensively not Memphis's best performance. He gave up 125 points to Houston, but Jaw had a big defensive stop at the end of the game. He drew a charge in the final couple minutes that on Alperin Sengun that sort of cemented the win for Memphis. But the ball facilitation, you know, all due respect, Tyus Jones did a tremendous job in Morant's absence, had a couple of 14 assist games and posted some career highs, and that's all well and good. But the engine runs smoother. Uh, it redlines at higher RPM when Morant is the one running it. And there's one player in particular that has benefited probably from Morant being back, but certainly from Morant being out, and that's Jaron Jackson. Jay Will on KJM earlier today speaking about Triple J's upside. Does Jaron Jackson have more upside than Ja Morant? Because when I watch Ja, yeah, the, the jump shooting aspect of his game is the one thing that you're always going to question the consistency of it. But when I watched Jaron Jackson have 37 and 10 last night, there's a chance for him to be the best defensive player in the league. You might be looking at Jaron Jackson the way you look at Anthony Davis. And I think we're going to be talking about Jaron Jackson more in that prism when it's all said and done because that is the ceiling for Jaron Jackson to be the best defensive player in the game and maybe one of the best offensive players in the game. Whereas I think you question sometimes Jaws' defensive ability and you wonder about that pull-up jump shooting ability. Again, that's Jay Will on KJM. I just want to read, this is not great radio here for a second. I'm just going to read off some numbers of Jaron Jackson Jr. with jaw out. 37 points, 28 points, 31, 28, 25. Certainly came into his own. That's just a small sample size, last five games. Mm-hmm. But those games come in both with now and without John Morant. The defensive acumen here for Triple J, I mean, Nick, he was the NBA's block champion a year ago. His nickname is the Block Panther. And he is still so incredibly young. Jaron Jackson Jr. is still 23. He's been in the league since 2018. He's 23 years old. He is a unicorn in some of the best senses of the word. And maybe it just is, Nick, that Memphis has two unicorns on its roster. And this would would lead you to buy into Jay Will's point here, Randy, because of the difference between where Jaron Jackson Jr. and Ja are right now is that Triple J is a two-way player, and Ja is not. Ja is an incredibly gifted offensive talent, getting to the rim, using his speed and explosion, but he's never going to be the type of defensive stopper that Jackson is and continues to improve upon. So while I'm not ready to go to the point yet that Jay's at and saying, ah, well, I think that over time, Jackson's going to be that much better. I can see why you make the point, because if Ja does not continue to work on his own game and get better on the defensive end, but improve from the outside shooting-wise, then they've got a real issue in whether or not they're finally going to be able to get through the West and legitimately contend the way they hope to. Did you see what Ja's uncle and father were wearing courtside last night? I did. The hoodies with the word redemption Across the front in a picture of Jaw. What are we to make of that? 
That was not a smart PR move is the answer there. Yeah, just, yeah. Just just stay out of the spotlight for a little bit. <laughs> ja, Ja's family, everybody, just stay out of the spotlight. Just play. You are an incredibly gifted player. You've gone through an eight-game suspension. All eyes are on you and everybody else around you. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't <laughs> just, wear that. Please. I mean, redemption is deliverance. It is rescue. I'm looking up definitions here. This is not off the top of the top of the head. Atonement for guilt, uh, deliverance from sin, the state of being redeemed. And I don't know if if a week off, a week away, does that. I don't know, but it it certainly was an all eyes on me move or an all eyes on we move in this case. How close are we to seeing LeBron James return? That and more. Nick Fordell, Randy Scott, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.